0: I'm Jen Pierce. That is true. I do not have 15 children. I do have six children Um, and uh, married to a godly man. Um, We met in this room. Dr. Jim Allman was teaching. I was here for graduate school in 1993 coming in from North Carolina and um, uh, he was sitting up on the front row with Berta Radford. Um, uh, Yeah and um, she was like pouring over. Like she would lean over and he was just in his intense. And I was on the back row with a bunch of med students and graduate students and, and I thought I was heading back to North Carolina. The last thing my mom said was please don't meet a man out there to marry. So <laughs> she's passed away but she loved Andy Pierce and um and uh here we are. So um well I want you to know, um, full disclosure quick, oh, I do hear the little feedback. That's my hair and it you'll have to Fierce girls have some hair. We got some hair. Um, when uh, Cricket asked me to teach, you know, I want to. I'm I'm 51 years old. I have three who are launched out of my house, three who are still in, in my house. So I want to put my yes before the Lord, honestly. And um, we all want to do that, right? We want to keep being relevant before Jesus. So, I, um, so uh, with by faith said yes. Well, then, ladies. I bought my little book, you know. I opened up because with the timing, Cricket had thrown on a couple of dates, and I said, well, that 4th of October would be great. And then I opened up my little book that I bought, and I looked down to week 4, October 4th, and <laughs> the topic said rooted in victory over the spiritual battle. Well, at that moment... I understood how Moses felt in Exodus 4 when he said, "I'm too. I can, I'm not eloquent of speech. I cannot do it." I understood what Jonah felt like in Jonah 1 when he said, uh, "No, Lord, I'm heading to Tarshish. Those people, uh-uh. Those people in Nineveh, they can fend for themselves." Um, thankfully, I'm not speaking. I'm speaking before fellow um, sojourners, and there's no Ninevites here. We're, we're all seeking Christ, and I thank you for that. Um, that that we're together on this, and I want you to know that I appreciate the privilege to speak, but I also um, appreciate that you are with me, that we want to go forward in the Lord Jesus. Um, so the Lord got a hold of me, couldn't even email Cricket back to say, oh, I'm out of town that week, sorry, <laughs> or um, get some of those heavy hitter ladies that I've been learning under for years. We go, So here I am um, with faith in Christ and, and trusting that he will have his way in this time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, calm my heart. Uh, This one's a biggie, spiritual battle. All of it is when we handle your word, we want it to be biggie, and we want it to be big enough to cover every small area of our lives. Lord, um, in this room, I know personally, in this room, even the person praying the prayer right now, we've walked through spiritual battles, um, and we are, or we will. Father, we declare before you that you are sufficient. And that you have fought the battle. And that you are fighting the battle. And that you will fight the battle. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, for whatever is going on in this room, in the circumstances of the lives, Lord, would you make your word to be alive? It is alive. Would you make it to be um, realized in each individual life in this room? For your glory, Lord Jesus. For your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I begin, we are in week four, as was said, and here's the, here it is, rooted in victory over spiritual battle. Let's see, I'm going to put some things organized here. And I want you to know, as I prayed through this, I there are four areas that I feel like we need to focus upon. This is what the Lord kept bringing back to me. Uh, so... And, and, boy, talk about a week um, to, it's hard to funnel down. So even when we were in our small group, I went down for a little bit because I love my small group. My small group is we, we walking through life together. And um, Lou had mentioned a verse. I was like, oh, yeah, i got to have that one. I mean, there's 20,000 of those this week. And so the Lord's been continually paring me down. So like, Jen, focus here, focus here. So here's the four things I want to encourage you to do. Um, number one. Our goal here, of course, is to be prepared for spiritual battle. The number one thing I want to encourage you is know the ending of the story and live into it. Number two, don't feel like you have to write all these down because they're coming later. I just wanted to give you the overview and the map of where we're heading. So if you want to write down know the ending of the story and live into it, that's where we're heading next. Know the enemy's schemes and resist him. Number three, know your great shepherd and follow him. And number four, know your armor and utilize it. So let's go to the next slide, our number one. Know the ending of the story and live into it or press into it or let it be realized in your life and in mine. There's a picture I want to show you. It's a picture of Martin Luther. There's my microphone and some hair. There's hair, okay. Um, there's a picture of Martin Luther and Katie Luther up ahead, um, in front of us. And Martin Luther, as you know, he would have undergone a tremendous amount of spiritual battle. He was coming along in a time in the 1500s when he um, said, you know, um, when I read scripture, it doesn't look like we have to have someone to interpret scripture for us. We can read scripture for ourselves. And he made a big deal about it, didn't he? Among other things, posted a bunch of theses on a door, and he caused a lot of havoc. Um, He was uh, a, a reformer of the faith, but he also had to have undergone a tremendous amount of spiritual battle. He was a, a thinker, and uh, I think it, uh, it manifested itself. Sometimes he would get pretty down. Well, he married a woman, Katie, Katerina von Bora. There she is, Katie Luther. And I read this in a book years ago, but I've always remembered this story. It was Martin Luther Had a Wife by William Peterson. One time, Martin had gotten incredibly down. He was, he was in the dumps. A lot of weighty stuff in this world to walk through. It can get you down, can it? And Katie was um, a spunky gal, I think. That's my interpretation. And you'll know from this, the rest of the story. She put on grave clothes, put on mourning clothes. And he came out one morning and said, Katie, who has died? And she looked at him. He's, a, he's down and he's in the dumps. And she looked at him. Well, apparently God has because of the way you're acting. And talk about a, a little encouragement for your husband. Um, he got the message. He got the message that God is not dead. And, and the visual was quite a stark one. Well, Ladies, I'm here to tell you, we know the ending of the story. And we can live into it. There's no grave clothes to put on today when we consider the ultimate ending. And that's what I want you to know about... The first part, know the ending of the story and live into it. And then the, there's two parts I want to focus on there, know the ultimate ending. Cricket took us through quite a few scriptures. And this whole week, uh, uh, as I was sat before the Lord, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Cricket, didn't. Uh, she, she gave us a lot of um, weightlifting that we can do to build the muscles this week. And so I want you to keep this present and remember that you have this week in your bookshelf as you go through life. To, so I want um, to battle. Here's Revelation twelve ten, and the beginning of verse 11. You read this verse this week. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's Revelation 12. The next verse I want to encourage you to to consider is Revelation 20, verse 10. You read this one also. But Boy, we've got to keep Scripture before our brains, don't we? And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Do you hear the ending of the story? In that verse, in those verses, that's the ultimate ending. There's also a personal ending. So as you consider knowing the ultimate, knowing the ending of the story and living in it, and you know the ultimate ending, he's cast down. Our 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 deceiver, our enemy, is cast down. Let's also know your personal ending, and let's live in the light of this truth. The Lord's victory and the Lord's faithfulness is is ultimate, but it's also personal. It is personal for every life in this room. He died for you. He rose from, from the dead for you. The tomb is empty for you. He has shown his faithfulness in your life, and if we got a microphone up here, and we could just on and on, couldn't we, declare his faithfulness in our lives time and time again. Know your personal ending and keep it. Rehearse it. Know that the Lord has been faithful in your life. Has he? Yes, he has. So declare it. Here's Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I thought about this verse. The Lord pressed it on my heart because we have personal victory and a personal ending in this verse alone. At the moment of salvation, We have been transferred from darkness to light through Christ in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There's a lot of victory there. Let's chew on it. Let's think about it. How about John 8, 36? This is a verse with, uh, I have loved my whole Christian life about freedom. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Is there any, any, gray area, about bondage there? Do you see who sets you free? Do you see that it's not in part, but in whole? It's your personal ending. So yes, know the ultimate. He's thrown down, revelation is clear. But know it personally, in your own lives. Philippians 1.6 says this, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, at the day of Jesus Christ. This is a verse that I thought the the personal ending is part of the sanctification process. He is at work in your situation. He is at work in your life. He is at work in the lives of those you love. And if you are in Christ, he began a good work in you. And he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This next verse I want to encourage you with Oh, there have been times when this one really hit home for me. 1 Peter 5.10, in suffering. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So there's your personal story. Your suffering, whatever your spiritual warfare that you have right now, it has a beginning And we need to know it has an end. It has an end. Now, can I tell you if you're going to, if it's an end in a finite sense, like it'll be wrapped up by next Thursday, don't we want that? We do. I do. But from an eternal sense, from an eternal perspective, we can know that this, this suffering that we are undergoing or this spiritual warfare that we have in our lives, there's an ending. And you can have put on your eternal glasses and look through that lens of knowing that God himself, <laughs> the God of all grace, rather, who has called you to eternal glory in Christ, will himself, himself, restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And it's after a little while. It may seem like a long while, y'all. We have some stuff in our lives that just seems like it goes on and on. But take off, take off your temporal glasses. Put on your eternal glasses. And it's just a little while. Let's wait on the Lord Jesus. For he himself, the God of of all grace, will restore you and will himself confirm and establish. Do you need to hear that today? Do you need to know it? I need to know it. So we're going on, and I I keep coming back to the um, uh, outline because I want you to know where we're going. So remember our our four points, know the ending and live into it. and that's an ultimate ending and a personal ending. And now number two, know your enemy's schemes and resist him. Or know your enemy's schemes and resist them. But I think it's, it's, it's either or. Yeah, we, we need to resist the devil. You know, I heard this and mentioned in my small group, and, and I bet you mentioned it in yours also. We're not to give Satan more due than he, than he is rightly supposed to have, right? We are not to fear the enemy to the point of misplaced worship or intimidation or a deer in the headlights paralyzed. That's one of mine that I can get just kind of overloaded and immobile. None of that. None of that. We are to know the enemy's schemes and we are to resist him. There's a painting I want to show. There could be a thousand that we could bring up. You could, I could have brought a picture of a little red devil sitting on your shoulder or whatever. All these things that we think about, um, just misplaced thoughts or even uh, little things coming in and in and out of our minds day in day out. Who who is the enemy of our soul? Well, scripture. Let's look to him, let's look to scripture to define it. We always want to. Give give, it's due, but we don't want to give him more airtime in our lives. And I'll, I'll point out this scripture. To, I mean, uh, this painting to you because look at there's the Satan figure on the left in green, and you can see his chair that he's sitting in. He's got I mean there's a, there's a skeleton, a skull on it that it, that's that's right there on his chair. And if you, I'm not sure if you can see it, but the pieces in black are demonic in nature. And then you've got the 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 person over here, and they're trying to figure out the next move. Move, counter-move, move, counter-move, move, counter-move. And I brought it up to you because that's a great painting, but it's not our reality. The Lord himself is fighting the battle on your behalf. It's not a move, counter-move. We have a great God, and we want to look at Scripture to see what he says about Satan. But we're not done with that. We're going to also look and see what he says about himself. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we're to take them seriously. We're to take them seriously. This isn't even a human fight, is it? Look at the verses, look at the words. There's cosmic powers over the present darkness, and there's spiritual forces of evil. This isn't a human fight. So be careful, and we'll get to it. Don't treat it like a human fight, and don't go into battle with your human uh, residuals, your, your own strength. You don't have to fight this battle on your own. But I did want to point out to you, that's who he is. We We've, we've looked at other verses this week, haven't we? 1 Peter 5, 8 says this. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I remember taking my kiddos to the zoo, and I was most impressed by the lion, that huge head. And I've been there before, close to feeding time. Have you ever heard a lion? If you live in near Midtown, you probably heard it roar. You can hear it, you know. It's a roar, he's like compared to a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We don't want to underestimate him. But let's look, keep going because we don't want to overestimate him. We don't want to do that. Your God and my God said no, no, no. He's, our, he's, he's the victor. Let's go. James 4, verse 7. Submit, your, submit therefore, to God. Resist the devil... And he will flee from you. I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew 4.11. I love these verses together. I've had the best time before the Lord watching the Lord fulfill everything that he asks us to do in Matthew 4.11. 4, Matthew 4, then the devil left him and behold angels came and were ministering to him. So yes, he's cosmic force, spiritual darkness of evil. Yes, he's like a uh, lion. We've already read in Revelation earlier today that he's an accuser, he's a deceiver. I've already mentioned those verses, and Cricket took us through those this week, and on and on and on. But that's a great conjunction when we're talking right now. His power is limited. Resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Matthew four eleven. Jesus even modeled it. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Remember the verses that precede Matthew four. That's uh, Matthew four verses one through eleven. Um, the temptation in the desert. He came after Jesus, time and time again, and Jesus deflected. He he rightly held truth and. And there was a, a, a limit to Satan's power. So resist him, and he will flee from you. Then the devil left him after Jesus resisted, and he fled. So it, so far, here's where we've been. We, I want to encourage you to know the ending of the story and live into it. I want to encourage you to know the enemy's schemes and resist him. And thirdly, and you already heard me going and answering this one. It's hard not to. I mean, how great is our God? He's the answer at every turn. Know your great shepherd and follow him. Know your great shepherd and follow him. We've touched on a lot of attributes that he um, deflects, that he defeats evil. We've touched on First Peter 5, that he will... After a time of suffering, He will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I want to take you to some other verses that the Lord has pushed on my, uh, pressed on my heart this week, and I, this is where I had to really hone it down. I mean, I had forty-five. <laughs> You're going to get a few, and then I was trying to add them back in my small group when they start mentioning more verses. So, oh yeah, we need that. Oh yes, but that's the that's the beauty of this weak isn't it when you start talking about the advocate and the defender of your soul there's no stop is there you go to his word pick it up and you start finding how great your God is and it's a circle isn't it you're never getting to the end here and in here in your life in 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 his declared faithfulness over you Psalm 121 Oh, this one's ministered to me deeply in a time throughout my life but i count on this one a lot i lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth he will not let your foot be moved he who keeps you will not slumber behold he who keeps israel will neither slumber nor sleep the lord is your keeper the lord is your shade on your right hand the sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night the lord will keep you going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore I want you to see he's our creator. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He protects. He's not going to let your foot be moved. He doesn't sleep. Okay, come on. Let's stop for that. I mean, mom's in the room. Don't we have a special appreciation for the fact that he doesn't sleep? I have loved that, that verse and the truths offered there. He doesn't sleep or slumber. He's always on duty. The Lord is your keeper. He keeps you. He covers you. He's your shade on your right hand. And he's with you all the time. And he even covers you going out and you coming in. That's your God. That is my God. Know him. Obey him. Psalm 24, 8 says this. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. It's in psalms, but it could be in Ephesians six, couldn't it? Because when you put on your spiritual armor to fight, you're not fighting. remember the the chess it's not a chess match between two mortals it's you putting on immortal armor from a place that doesn't even fit in our realm of, of we we're, it's we're human it's not the lord himself strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle do you want him to lead you into battle does this seem like someone you'd like to follow are you are you following him to him today tonight tomorrow when he when there's a battle at your doorstep or in right in front of you he's done it all in christ He's given you his Holy Spirit to live within you. Let's linger a little more on looking at who the Lord is. I actually taught this next verse, Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16, in our last Bible study. Cricket had us look over it this past week. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, there's so much to linger on in these verses. You have a great high priest, great high priest. Guess what? He's also the one who sympathizes with you personally and was tempted in every way, yet without sin. And and that's who we draw near to in this battle and in life. And then, of course, James 4, 8, here's a great promise. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Interestingly, the rest of the verse talks about cleansing your hands, your sinners, and, and purify your hearts, You're double-minded. That, so, so there's an element for us. If you want to keep being a student of Scripture, it, it, it does involve you being before the Lord and keeping relationship with Him. And we know that happens through repentance and through confession of our sin and walking in right relationship with the Lord. But He's done all the hard work. <laughs> if you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. And so this is where I had to stop, but I didn't even go to I mean, Lou mentioned she was praying it first. John 4:14, 4, "He who is greater in you, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world." Romans 8, I think about, I left that one out. but I mean, we could go on for hours and hours. Romans 8, "If God is for us, who can be against us, and remember the passage shall tribulation or nakedness or peril or, or sword, um, uh, um, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword. For I'm sure of this, neither death nor life nor angels nor anything. You remember it goes on and on. Nothing, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. That's your great God. That is our Savior. That is our defender. He is the one who goes to battle for us. So here you go. In summary, with with the four things, or the three things and getting to the fourth. Know the ending and live into it. Know the enemy's schemes and resist him. Know your great shepherd and follow him. And number four, know your armor and utilize it. Know your armor and utilize it. Ephesians 6.10, Cricket had us memorize it. It's a pretty easy one. It rolls off the tongue. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I learned it in the power of his might years ago. We can be strong in the Lord, and we can remain in his power, in his power. That's a prepositional phrase that really matters. It's not in yours. You're not commanded to be strong alone. You're to be strong in his strength, in his might. I pulled up, uh, as you're reading about Ephesians 6, you might have done this too, at least in your brain. Uh, I pulled up and wanted to put before you a, a Roman soldier, because remember, if Paul's writing to the Ephesians, we know what century he's in. Look at this picture he's got on the helmet of salvation the breastplate he's got the belt the shield the sword the shoes the gospel of peace this is our last part that we want to really own. and here's here's our part for spiritual warfare know your armor and utilize it the verses say in Ephesians 6 put on the whole armor of god let's stop Let's look. Put on the whole armor of God. When you looked at that soldier a second ago, you didn't see him leave off the helmet. He didn't accidentally leave the, the breastplate of righteousness at home. The, he he wants this covered because this <laughs> covers a lot of vital organs. Any dart coming here, we don't want. Any dark coming here, no, no, no. You want the whole armor of God. And that's what I want us to linger on for just a moment. Not the part, but the whole. Put on the whole armor of God. Under B, it says, fasten the belt of truth. As I was thinking about this week, uh, um, that could mean a whole host of things. And I, I, I want to, may I suggest to you that it encourages an objective truth. Who Jesus is, who the Lord is in your life, but it also is the subjective. How, how that objective truth is realized in you. And that's where I want you to, to, when you put on truth, make sure you declare before the Lord and in your spiritual battle that he has delivered you from many, many things. Um, you need to have those rehearsing in your brain. Fasten the belt of truth. Interestingly, the belt is something that holds up a lot of stuff, isn't it? If you, <laughs> I don't have this problem, but if you have somebody in your life who if they didn't have the belt on, the clothes might just not even stay up. <laughs> but you need the belt. And as you'll find out later, it's the one thing, and you might have seen in that picture, it's where the sword put in. So you've got a lot of defense, but the offensive weapon is, is tucked in there, so you need it. See, put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Now, obviously, that must include Jesus' righteousness in you and for you. He has declared um, that you are righteous because of his great work on the cross. But it also, I think it, it, I want to encourage you to remember that it also includes our actions. And when we're facing spiritual battle, make sure you're doing the right thing. Do the right thing. If there's a thought, think that. If there's an action, do that. If there's a silence, do that. Be righteous, but let that righteousness be undergirded by his righteousness. He is righteousness in you and through you. D, as shoes put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. That's from Ephesians 6. You need your shoes on. How many times have you seen somebody, one of your children go out and they went out without their shoes They came back with a splinter or I've had it happen. Uh, well, if you'd worn your shoes... Get your shoes on, the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace. Yes, it's the gospel of salvation, and it's also the gospel of peace. E, take the shield of faith, the shield of faith. Remember, it says in the verse, and I'll read it to you because it's so important. Uh-oh, we are the readers? Take the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. You need your shield. They're coming. The darts are coming. You've got on your helmet. You've got yourself your armor. But you need your faith. You need your faith. Pursue relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be in relationship with him daily. And guess what? Your faith is being refined day in, day out. And when you're in spiritual battle your great commander and defender and advocate is somebody you know well. Take up the shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation. You've been saved. Remember we talked about in an ultimate sense and a personal sense, you've been saved. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Interestingly, now we're getting to the offensive part. Everything else prior to that is defense. Uh, Defend, defend, defend. Now it's time to fight, to fight, to fight. And it's the word of God. It's the word of God. And then there's a sentence right behind it that you've been given tools to not just defend, but you can go on the offensive now with the word of God. Ephesians 6 at the end It's worth pointing out to you, the last one, pray. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. Pray. That's another offensive. Pray. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray. Talk to Him. Why don't you just let your whole day be one big prayer before the Lord? Don't even... You can even keep a comma... From here and in the parking lot, add to it, and then on Poplar, add to it, and then and in your this and that, add to it. You just be in continual prayer before the Lord. I'll see you in a second, Lord. I'm gonna walk out. and We'll talk again. Pray, pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So you're praying for yourself, supplication, praying for other people. My sweet, my sweet small group was sending me messages of encouragement last night and texts. And um, I know they're praying. And let me tell you, you can just feel the, you can just feel the weight. Come. I mean, all of a sudden I've got like people holding me up, and uh, it's encouraging, isn't it, to know people are praying for you? Let people know that you're praying for them when they're in their spiritual battles. Don't let them walk it alone. I want to share with you a personal story, and I love. That the first person I saw when I looked up was um, Sarah Brumfield Finnfrock. She doesn't even know that I'm, going to, abs- um, but she probably knows what I'm going to say now. If she, I just looked at her in the eyes, but I didn't even ask her permission. So I'm, I'm hoping that I, that it's okay. Um, Sarah and I used to meet when she was in the college group before she took on the name finfrock She was Brumfield and. Um, what a godly family. I, I just loved that time. It was precious. It was sweet. Well, um, I had a time of extreme, extreme spiritual warfare. Uh, my mother-in-law's here. My daughter's here. We, Our whole family walked through this. Our, I, I was... So we do have seven children. I've given birth seven times. Our fourth born is our boy, Joseph Owen. Oh, many of you in this room walked through this with me. I'm seeing some smiles and knowing some people who've brought meals or uh, years ago. And, and let me tell you, talk about an army keeping you going. Uh, if I get through it without tears, it'll be the Lord. Um, our little boy, Joseph, I was pregnant with him. Uh, he had... Fluid in him, in his body that he was not processing. Plural ascites and plural fusion for you in the medical crowd. There's a few of you I know uh, who know it. Um, Fluid he couldn't process. Well, we walked through that time. Andy and I would go to these um, appointments with our high-risk OB. We had three children at the time. uh, And we would come out and and we would declare as soon as we walked out Psalm 26. um, Some trust in chariots, some in horses. We trust in the name of the Lord I got. We were waiting on the Lord. We were asking him to heal. Many of you were asking him to heal. And guess what? He did start to heal our Joseph. The fluid started to come off. We were watching a miracle happen. It was really beautiful. And he was the most active of all my babies in my womb. He was, I mean, it seemed like a soccer match was going on um, inside me. Well, um, long story made short, one night I went into labor and to i was it was time to have this baby and he was early he was uh, i guess 32 weeks um and i went into to uh labor went andy we went to the hospital and it turned out that i had to have an emergency c-section well so that's my only time i've ever had a c-section um before or after It was pretty, uh, it was emergent, so it wasn't, I have friends who, (laughs) they planned theirs, they went, it was a little dolly, this one's not that. Um, Joseph uh, was delivered and he cried one time, which I was still asleep, but I feel like that was, I've always thought that was before the Lord, just for Andy Pierce to hear him. His daddy heard him cry. And with those lungs that that had the fluid. But then he his lungs collapsed, and he they went ahead and intubated him very quickly. We took him to the uh, um, ICU, or well, they they did, and then within that day, it was very clear to us that he was not going to make it. That his lungs were not um, they're not ready, and even with the surfactant and all the stuff that that you could give, it, it still he he couldn't. He was not going to be with us. And so we went up, and he died in my arms. And Andy, we were there together. And this was time. You can hear the spiritual battle, can't you? It was coming. It was coming in a big way. Um, a few things that are sweet of the Lord in this spiritual battle. That, do you know what day that was that he died? Um, Good Friday. It's so sweet of the Lord to let me know. <laughs> it's almost like the audible voice of the Lord telling me, I got you, I know what it's like to lose a son, I know, I'm with you. And I left a few days later on, on uh, um, Easter Sunday. But um, the way I want to let you know about this is um, with regards to the spiritual warfare is after that, you know, I didn't have a baby in my arms. And, you know, your, your milk comes in, your, I had a violent C-section, I was I was vomiting um, throughout the night. It was a tough battle, and I was grieved. I was, I'd ask the Lord to take me. I wasn't I wasn't suicidal, but I was asking him, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm ready for you. Have you I don't know if any of you have been at a point of desperation where you've said, just come on and take me home, Lord. Let's go. I believe in you. I trust in you. Let's go. And he said no. <laughs> um, so thankful he said no. I uh, was meeting with Sarah. This is where Sarah comes back into the story. She... Um, she had asked me, I don't know if she remembers this, but she'd asked me, uh, What can I do for you? And people were just, I mean, you talk about the body of Christ coming in, Ooh, coming in strong. And I said, I, I don't trust a single thought that comes through my head, not one. I'm in trouble here in, in, in between my ears. And I said, I need scripture. Well, guess what she did? I brought them with me. <laughs> she brought these, I don't think these are all of them, but she typed out uh, and brought me scriptures the word of God, the sword of the spirit. For my spiritual battle and oh it's night that's why psalm 121 is so so important for me because the lord never sleeps or slumbers and i was a, a playground for satan at night for some reason because a lot of times if you've been a newborn mom you know nights are some pretty sweet fellowship a lot of times it can be hard <laughs> you're sleep deprived but it's you and your baby a lot of the time if you're nursing and it's sweet well there was no baby and satan i felt like he was constantly it's you know like tantalizing me with this you you thought he was going to be healed he was getting healed and, I, and, and, and that's not the rest of the story. I had to keep my eyes on Jesus Well, Sarah, Sarah shows up. Some of these, look, this one has a bunch, It looks like it's been in the showers because we had at the time a really small bathroom and there was so much. If you turn on the shower, everything would get wet all over the walls, everything. This one's got like the marks. There were some by the sink outside of there. There were some by my bed. and I didn't trust a single thought, but let me tell you, I can proclaim before you today that the word of God is in need the sword of the spirit. You can take his word, and you can go to battle, and he will have his way in you and through you. So let's review. We need to know the ending of the story and live into it. We need to know the enemy's schemes and resist him. We need to know the great shepherd and follow him. And we need to know our armor and utilize it. My husband is one of my favorite teachers, Andy Pierce. And um, he oftentimes, I don't care if you remember a word I say, I want you to remember passages. And so I put these up behind this. Ephesians 6, Matthew 4, 1 Peter 5, James 4. These are the ones the Lord kept circling around in my brain all week long. In, in Ephesians 6, you've got your, your, your anecdote You've got your, your armor that you can put on. You need to know that passage. So, so next week, if you run into spiritual battle, you open up Ephesians 6, and you let the word of God do its thorough work in you. Matthew 4, you see it modeled by your great high priest who, does not, um, who sympathizes with us in every way. Um, he's with you, and he did it, and he modeled for you how to do it. You answer with God's word. First Peter 5, remember that. I'll read it real quickly. Wrapping up. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded. Be watchful. Be, ad- be Your adversary the devil pour, prowls around like a roaring lion. Resist him. Firm in your faith knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Know First Peter 5. If you battle think about it. First Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. Get in there. Look and see, there's some ingredients in James 4, like two pages ahead in my Bible. James 4, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cricket mentioned this, and I love that she did in the, in the study. She said, say it out loud. You know, Satan doesn't, he's not omnipotent. So he doesn't, he's not omniscient. He's not everywhere, and he can't be in your brain. But he can tempt you all around you. I love saying God's word out loud. You'll hear me. I start preaching the word. Oh, you better get out of here. Submit, submit yourself to the Lord. Um, draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. And I, I proclaim, there's something very powerful about saying his word. His word is mighty to save. He, the Lord, is mighty to save. You can say it. I don't know that. I I don't know how much it purchases. It sure does calm an anxious heart. So the last thing I want to do is take a a, a view of crickets. She prayed. If you do her prayers at the beginning of every study, you know she she has them in italics. So I took a few little sentences from here, and I'd like for us to pray it together. Because it's not enough for, I want you to remember the passages. I want you to go and be ready for a for battle. But we also need to inculcate it. ourselves. we need to own this. So let's pray together in closing. And then let's have our lunch. I'll lead us. And y'all can join in with me. Father, thank you for the armor you provide to fight every spiritual battle. Thank you for not leaving me to fend for myself against the enemy. Keep me attentive and faithful to follow your guidance as I stand firm in the fight. Thank you for the victory I already have in you. In Jesus' name, amen.